G'day and welcome to another episode of Women's Baseball, The Inside Pitch. International Women's Day is held globally on March 8th to celebrate women's achievements and raise awareness against gender bias and take action for equality. The theme for the 2022 International Women's Day is Break the Bias. In baseball, many women have had to break a bias at some point in their baseball journey, whether it's been as a player, an umpire, coach, scorer, in the media, or even management positions. On 2022 International Women's Day, I've chosen to feature and celebrate three women in baseball in Victoria, Australia, who are leading by example on and off the field. First up is Jenny Maloney, who's changing the game from the scorer's box. A life member and member of the team of the century of the Williamstown Baseball Club, Jenny began her scoring career at her very first game of baseball in 1976. Jenny has since scored at three Olympic Games, is currently one of just five members of the WBSC Scoring Commission, was named the 2019 WBSC Scorer of the Year, and in 2021 was appointed as Baseball Scoring Director at the Tokyo Olympic Games. I hope you enjoy this episode with Jenny Maloney. Jenny Maloney, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, Jenny, you're a scorer or scorekeeper. What is the official title? Uh, In Australia, we say scorer. Internationally, some people call them scorekeepers, but yeah, we're scorers here. Scorers? Okay, I'll make sure. We're in Australia, I'll, I'll call you a scorer. I want to take you back to the very, very beginning. I want to say, when did you get started? But I'm just going to say, when did you get roped into it? Because I think <laughs> I think that quite often is um, what people think, oh, I got roped into scoring, I got stuck doing scoring. But tell me your very first game of scoring, how it came about, what you can remember. Uh, well, it was a long time ago. It was uh, in 1976, so well before you were born. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I was only... What, 18 and going out with my now husband and he was a baseball player from when he was about eight or nine and um, yeah I went along to watch him play and there was no one else there and they said oh fantastic we've got a scorer. <laughs> I think everybody has that story at some point. Pretty, pretty much I think yeah. you're either a parent or a girlfriend or something along the same lines and yeah you just get roped in and as you said and uh and so I sat there with this book that I, I'd never seen a baseball game before. And, oh, wait, and so, you, so you'd never seen a game? It was your first? No, no, my first ever game. Wow. And um, I didn't know what I was doing, of course. And luckily there was somebody else there and you just follow along and pick things up as you go. So that's how I learned. No lesson, <laughs> no nothing. Do you, do you remember how, um, so I guess my first question is, did you score that first game in colour? Oh God, no, no! I went because I went. I went with nothing. I went to watch. So of course, I, I, I probably just used a pen or something that was in my bag. Wow! So probably, probably not even a pencil. It probably would have been a pen or something like that, and probably lots of scribbling out and mucking it up, and yeah, just, <laughs> just <laughs> learning on the job. Wow! So that was um, you're a, you've been scoring for for forty years, for forty plus years now. That was yeah. a, was that the Williamstown Baseball Club? Yeah, yeah, that's Williamstown, and um, that's where I've always been and 
will be forever, I'd say. Yeah. At the Wormstone Baseball Club, are you one of the longest serving members there? or? No, probably not. No, we're, the, the club's over 100 years old, so um, it started in 1908. So we had our centenary in 2008 and we had our um, big team of the century function and I was on my way home from Taiwan on a plane. So, oh. so I didn't even make it and, 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 and I was fortunate to be one of the scorers of the team of the century as well. So I didn't even get to, to go. But yeah, so the club's over, over 100 years old and there's lots and lots of people that are still around that have been there long before me. So yeah, so yeah, 40, 40 something years, but I'm still not one of the oldest. So yeah, it's, wow. it's great. It's great to be part of a, a club with that sort of depth, I guess. Yeah, that's that's amazing to have a club that's over a hundred years old. I'm a um, I bleed green and gold. I'm a Doncaster yeah. baseball club person, and we're uh, coming out to fifty years, I think. So we'll have a nice yeah. nice new club rooms hopefully for oh, our fifty. Well, Willie will played Doncaster tonight, and I've just heard that we won. So yes, I I just checked the <laughs> score, and I should not. And I'm <laughs> so, that's all right. I went to the get the night game last week, and we won that one. So oh, um, yeah. that's okay. I'll give you I'll give you that one tonight. Okay, no worries. Um, so so you score that first game, the first game you've ever been to. Did you did you decide right that that right then and there you went? I actually like this. Did you sign up for the scoring straight after that? No, I just I just I think I just turned up next week to watch Alan play, my husband, and um, and and I. There was no one else there again, so I just got the job again. And so I think that's probably how it just kept going for a while until I got the hang of it and I probably started to enjoy it. What was it about that you enjoyed that you went, you know what, I'm going to keep doing this? I, I think I'm a pretty organised sort of person in my life and I think probably I like the, the method behind scoring. It's pretty, I don't know, it, it just... It's very regimented, I suppose, in a certain way, and you have to be on the ball, and and you and you learn so much about the game by doing it. You know, it, it's a fabulous way to learn baseball about baseball and the rules. Yeah, you, you're exactly right, and it's a funny it's a funny thing. I've only scored like twice in my life. I've done it with you. you would be horrified. I did it. With, <laughs> I did it with blue pen the yeah. whole time. I can't score. I can read a score, but but I can't score. I just yeah. I have the utmost respect for for all the scorers, but. Um, when, so obviously you did it for a little while and then you thought, okay, well, I'll, should I, how did you progress? I mean, we'll get to some of the things you've done internationally, but what were your steps through, I guess, the old Victorian Baseball Association back then? I think probably just um, probably talking to some of the other ladies that had scored in at Williamstown because I think when I first started scoring, it was winter ball. Mm. And so I think we only had the one, one team that year in winter and maybe, I think... And it's a long, long time ago, so I can't really remember. <laughs> but um, but summer, summer baseball came into being pretty soon after that, I think. And there were a couple of ladies that were scorers, and so you'd sit with them and you'd learn from them. And that's pretty much and pretty much the only way to do it, really. And and sitting with other scorers at that stage. And um, I think. I think maybe in the 80s, I started going to the Victorian Scorers Association. They, they'd have meetings every so often and you'd learn things there and set different exams to progress up the, the levels, different levels of scoring. And yeah, so that's pretty, 
you sort of learn on the job most yeah. mostly I think yeah, yeah. You're not wrong yeah. and and your what was your first I guess um roads out of I guess Williamstown you're obviously still scoring there but what were the first times we sort of went oh I can actually go even further. Like, what were the first some of the maybe national or international trips that you did? I think I, I, I think um, with the Scorers Association, um, I, I scored a couple of the local uh, junior tournaments. I think you know for Victor Victorian tournaments or, or something like that. It might have been, and um, and then the Melbourne Monarchs were playing. And one of the guys from Williamstown was, I think he was the EO of the team, and he said, oh, look, they're looking for scorers, come along. And so I started scoring at the Monarchs, and, um, and Jan Allen was one of, the, one of the main scorers for the Monarchs. I don't know if you know Phil. I Phil do, Allen, yes. Phil Allen, my husband, yes. So, um, so Jan taught me quite a bit as well, and, um, and it was just really being in the right place at the right time and knowing the knowing people that were involved and and then the Olympics were coming up so they'd ask for expressions of interest to people that were interested in trying to score at the Olympics so I put my put my hand up and there was a process to go through but yeah I was one of the lucky ones and I, I've got that highlighted because I was looking through your resume what you've done as a scorer is just uh, we, we obviously talk a lot about of our our famous players like Graham Lloyd or David Nilsson, who it might be, but the things that you've done in your career are amazing. And we start with the Sydney Olympics, and I love how you've just sort of... I just put my hand up. It's like I love that you put your hand up for the Olympics. Yeah. Tell me, a home Olympics, getting to score at a home... Tell me what was, that was like. I think I think sort of going back a little bit, we had, we had to all apply, and now I think from memory there was about... From all over Australia, there was about 60-odd people that applied. Wow. Um, and we had to then sit an exam. And we had the scoring director come out from Italy. The international scoring director came out to Australia, came around to every state and um, assessed all the people that had applied and had passed the exam to see if they, he thought they were competent enough. And from there, we, he picked 16, 16 scorers and we all went up to Sydney in 1999 for the Intercontinental Cup, wow. which, was, which was a test event for the yep. Olympics. And Australia actually won it, which they was did. Amazing. pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and from there... Out of those 16, 12 of us were selected to score at the Olympics. We were really lucky, I think, that all of the scorers were selected from Australia. So they were all Australians, yeah. whereas that doesn't happen anymore. So that, you know, it was very, you know, you sort of just luck, I suppose, to a certain degree of being in the right place at the right time with those circumstances. Mm -hmm. And then... And, and Sydney was just fantastic, just fantastic. It was just one of the best experiences because it was, it was just the camaraderie, I think, of everybody, not just the scorers, but the umpires. And we were all billeted at, <coughs> excuse me, the um, Sydney University student accommodation. So we'd go down to the mess hall and all sit and have breakfast and, 
and it was really great. It was really a really great atmosphere. What do you remember about the games and, and what was your pinnacle game, I guess, that you scored? Uh, I think I scored one of the semis and uh, I, didn't, I didn't score the gold medal game, but I scored one of the semi-finals and maybe the bronze, maybe the bronze. But no, there, it was really, it was, it was good. It was really good. Um, a lot to learn and there were three of us from Melbourne that were selected. So there was Michelle Winther from Bond Beach and Jenny Ratcliffe from Upway and myself. And so <coughs> before, before the Olympics, because it's a different scoring system to what we use here in Australia, um, we had to learn how to make sure we were proficient at it and didn't want to sort of show us up. Um, so um, we'd all sort of traipse off to Jenny Ratcliffe's house in Upway every week or so before the Olympics and she had lots of baseball games recorded and so we'd sit there and we'd, we'd score the game as a, um, a group of three because that's what we were going to do at the Olympics. So you'd oh, have wow. a panel of three scorers. And, um, and we knew we had to be mic'd up. So we were actually, you know, you'd have a, a chief scorer and two other scorers and the chief would have to call the game. And that was so that the people in the other rooms knew whether we'd given a hit or an error. Yep. So, so yeah, it was, so we'd learnt, we'd sort of practice doing all of that Wow. At Jenny's house and and yeah, I think we held ourselves in pretty high esteem. So we did okay. So that's that's really interesting for me to, to learn, I guess I've just played my whole life and sort of um, checked if checked if the scorers gave it a hit or an error. That's mm. probably my um, that limit. But what what's the major difference, I guess, between scoring a game at Willie and um, how, how does it differ? Only in the fact that you've got usually internationally you have a panel of three scorers and um, whereas Willie you'll only have both home you know both scorers yep. from the from each team one scorer from each team um, so and you'll have a, a chief scorer that's in like an official scorer and they're the person that's in charge so if there if there's a sort of an iffy decision if you play whether it's a hit or an error you'll sit there and discuss and if you've if you can't sort of agree, it's it's the official scorer that makes the final decision. But usually, you you know you work out a consensus of what the play might be. But um, yeah, it's it's good. It's really, it's, it's it, it, that that's the main difference, I suppose. Yeah. So we go from Sydney, and is that the moment you sort of went, okay, I've got got a taste of the Sydney Olympics. I really like this. Is that when you sort of went, okay, I want to see how far I can take this, literally um, and figuratively. Not really. I just thought that would be the end of it. I thought Sydney might. I just. I, I really did because um, everybody, everybody that was scoring at the Olympics was from Australia. There was no one coming over from overseas apart from the scoring director from Italy. And I thought, well, that's it. You know, that's fine. And then the following year, I just got a letter out of the blue from the then IBAF, which is the precursor to the WBSC as we know it now. And I'd got appointed to go to Taiwan to score at the World Cup out of the blue. And you didn't Just, even and you didn't even apply. No, no. Oh, that's what that's what they do in scoring internationally. You don't apply for a position 
or get nominated by your country, they just appoint. Oh, wow. So um, it's just whoever they want to appoint to whatever tournaments are on that year. And so I went to Taiwan and, um, and that was great, it was different somewhere completely different that I'd ever been to before and a bit sort of frightening I suppose to a certain degree and then nothing for the next seven years and I thought well that's it. And those seven years we we jumped straight into the Beijing Olympic Games and that's again the last that looked the last time we saw the Olympics before for Tokyo. Um, I actually was at the Beijing Olympic Games so I could very well have I went to some of the um, baseball games. I could have very well been in the crowd when you were scoring. Oh, it's probably, probably. I, I think. Um, I think the just before that they had one of the Olympic qualifiers in Taiwan earlier in the year in two thousand and eight, and I got appointed to go to that out of the blue as well. And I thought, this is strange. <laughs> you know, sort of a seven year gap, and then you get a, a, a letter again out of the blue, and. Um, and so I went to Taiwan again for one of the qualifiers. And then um, I think maybe it was like a test event for the scorers as well to see who they wanted to take to the Olympics. And there was myself, there was a woman from South Africa, a woman from the Netherlands and a chap from Cuba. So we were the four international scorers that were there and the rest of the scorers were from China. So they were Chinese that, and they had to have some English. And the, the strange thing was that China didn't play baseball. There was mm. never baseball being played in China prior to them getting the Olympics. So um, all of the scorers, the scoring director had to go over and give them lessons on how to score. So they, they were very new scorers and they don't, they'd never seen a real baseball game up until the Olympics, it was all through videos that they'd learned how to score. And their English wasn't fantastic, so it was a bit of a challenge, but it, we, we, you get through it. And you were talking good. the language of baseball, I guess. It was... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and you'd, have, you'd have your moments, but it was, it was okay. Um, yeah, so it was, it was good. In 2019, you get named the WBSC, World Baseball Softball Confederation, Scorer of the Year. Like, that is – I can't see there's anything better. What, did, did you think you were going to get that? I mean, you talked about you don't get appointed. Obviously, you didn't see this one coming. What was that moment like? Well, I didn't even know they had an award. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was, again, something out of the blue. And I can remember I was down at Geelong scoring uh, an ABL game. I was down there with um, Michael Goulet and Leanne Gibbons from Geelong. And um, we were scoring Korea, I think it was, Korea playing somebody – in, in the ABL and my phone started, I kept getting all these pings on my phone sort of towards the end of the game and I wasn't, I didn't look at it until the end of the game and then I looked and there were all these people that I've scored with internationally saying, congratulations Jenny, that's amazing news, <laughs> well deserved, <laughs> you know, you've done fantastic, you know, and I'm th and I looked and I said to Michael and Leanne, I've, I've got it international scorer of the year from the WBSC and that was the first I heard about it because they had their um their big conference on and um yeah so that, that was it that's amazing like, do you do you get a trophy for for that or yeah, I got a huge I got a huge trophy a big 
big plate it is. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that came over and it, came, it got sent over, I think, to Baseball Australia's offices, so I picked it up from there. So, yeah, it was great. Wow, that's amazing. And yeah. so you've done two Olympics, you're scorer of the year, and then I hear that you're, you're appointed to the Tokyo Olympic Games when they were to be in 2020, mm-hmm. and you actually worked with a software company to develop the software they were actually going to use... So you're like rewriting the rules technically. Like, it tell me about very, that. It was, it was really strange. I was actually appointed as director of scoring for the Olympics for Tokyo, wow. and um, and because Korea is in our time zone, pretty much, um, Anna Maria, who's the scoring director in Italy, Anna Maria Pini, asked me if I could work with them um, to try because they were struggling because the the. Um, company that they'd appointed to develop the software for the scoring program um, had no idea about baseball. The, 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 com- the computer programmers really weren't baseball people and you, you sort of imagine people in Korea, everybody knows about baseball mm. because Korea is su- such a huge baseball country. But the computer, the computer programmers really didn't know a lot about baseball or the basics, but not the intricacies of averages and, and advancing people and how mm. to advance people and all. I mean, baseball's got so many rules and you just, <laughs> and you just have to have them all covered off. And I remember the first time we used the program was at the Asian Games, I think, in Jakarta. And... Anna Maria and I were there and they were printing out all the stats after each game and we were checking them off. And, you know, there might have been seven runs for one of the teams, but the total number of runs for that team was like 11. And yet they'd only scored seven. So we couldn't work out what was going wrong and their averages were really weird. And at one stage there was one of the pitchers had thrown quite a few hit pitch balls and so I think he was up to number five. And as soon as he hit batter five, the whole computer system just froze. <laughs> and we said, what's going on? And we said, and they said, oh, we didn't think they'd have many hit pitch balls. So we only allowed for four in the program. And so as soon as they tried to put in a, a fifth hit pitch ball, the, the program just completely froze. It's, it's an alarm for the umpire to eject that person for hitting so many people. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So it was, you know, so it, it was all that sort of trial and error. And then they'd write to me after that and say, well, you know, what happens here? And and I'd say, well, this is what you've got to do. You've got to advance the bat- the runners first and you know it was just really complicated and then there was sort of the language barrier a little bit to to try and explain it to them in the correct way from a baseball point of view as well so mm, you're yeah, not wrong it's it was, a, it was challenging it's a it's a complicated game but and yeah. it, but i i look at that and i go so you go back to your very first game at willie and you're looking at a piece of paper with lines everywhere yeah yeah and then a couple of decades later you are director of scoring at the olympics and you are setting a computer program so I, I, I want to ask you what that that in itself is the change over time that you, you've seen during yeah. your career um yeah yeah for sure it, it, it's a it is massive change like do you are you a traditionalist do you love the paper do you do you prefer to only do it on the paper 
Yeah, I love the paper. I have learned a couple of scoring programs, but um, because I've had to, you know, WBSC, we used a specific program which is now gone because it was an old DOS program, so we don't use that anymore. Yep. Um, and we now use a new a new program called My Ball Club that um, it's a, it's a very it's an app, and so it's really easy to use. Um, when I'm scoring National League, we use the MLB scoring program. Mm. Um, and that was a challenge at the start because instead of just clicking and moving players, you had to actually put in code. So Wow. <laughs> so you had to sort of learn the code and that was really challenging. And then, um, and then they changed it and made it much easier. So it's a much yep. easier program. And now, of course, with Game Changer, I'm, I'm avoiding it. I'm trying to avoid it because I don't want to learn another program, but I can see that I will. And, and yep. so, yeah, I have used it a couple of times and it's been okay. But, um, yeah, I've been avoiding it if at all possible. But I know I'm going to have to bite the bullet and, and learn that as well. <laughs> And that leads to my question. I actually want to ask you a question. Do you have, when you score, do you, I, I know some of our scorers, a big shout out to Rona Cannington, who's the scorer at Doncaster Women's Baseball. Yes. Um, how proud the scorers are and if you make a mistake or if you use their scorebook and they're away, you've got to rip out a sheet so they can redo it. Do you actually, do you sometimes look at it and go, yeah, that was awesome or do you secretly go home and redo it if you're not happy with it? <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm over that. I'm beyond that. But, I, you know, I, I'll score, I score our seconds um, at Willie now and, um, and fill in occasionally for our first scorer. So I'm scoring sort of midweek next week because it's easier for me to do it. Um, but, and then I score Masters on a, on a Monday night. And then I do National League as well still. But, you know, even though I'm only doing Masters and the Seconds, I still do all my stats as I go and and, and tally up and balance the book. So That's always impressive, know. the ones that do the stats as you go. That's, yeah, that's... Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the aim for anybody that's learning, you know, to, to keep developing and just starting, even with just doing the pitching stats as you go or the fielding stats as you go and then slowly bring in the rest of the stats but yeah uh, you know I, I, it's just sort of it's just automatic sort of thing now so what's the best I mean I, I I look at all the places in the world that you've traveled and I think that's amazing in some of the games what's the what do you think the best thing about or the best part about being a scorer is I think I just love the game now I think I've grown to love the game so much and and I I really love scoring like I mean my husband doesn't play anymore we've got no kids so I don't I don't go to score somebody I that I'm watching play. I'm just going because I love scoring. So yeah, and and it and it keeps your brain working. I suppose I'm retired, so it keeps my brain working. And um, yeah. So, and you, you say you're retired. It's it's funny. We talk about what you've done and all your achievements and your awards and setting up new software. And, and you actually did that as a I guess it's a hobby in. In, in yeah. one way, and you did that. You did that carrying a full time job. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I worked full time. I worked at the National Gallery of Victoria for thirty five years, and um, and and did this in my spare time. And I was lucky because uh, working at the NGV, I was it was a public service job. So any international appointment I got, I got paid leave to go. Oh, so living the dream. Um, yeah. So it, it was really like I didn't have to use my holidays or anything like that. And you know, you have flexi time so if I had a midweek game I could leave early or if I had a Friday night game for National League I could leave a bit early 
So yeah, I was very lucky in that respect. So. Do you have a favourite? Can you think about a fact like who's the best player you ever saw, or what was the best game you ever saw, anything like that? Um, I think I was thinking about this, knowing this was coming up, <laughs> and I think the best player I've ever seen is Atani. When and I was it was at the Premier Twelve in I think it must have been two thousand and fifteen, something like that in Japan, and you know. I don't know if you've been to Japan and seen a baseball game in Japan. Yeah, I've played. I played um, a couple of World Cups. I lived in Tokyo and played baseball oh. for a, for a year. And yeah, you would have been to the Tokyo Dome and seen the mad fans. And um, yeah, I've been one of the mad fans. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and and seen the beer girls running up and down the stairs in their crazy outfits. And, yeah. And 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 as a scorer, we were sitting actually in amongst the crowd. We we're in the press. Stands, oh, wow. press seats so we weren't weren't even in a, a a room anywhere sort of isolated we were in amongst it all the noise and the fans and the madness and it was a, it was the semi-final for the premier 12 and it was korea playing japan and otani was pitching and he i think he only pitched for seven innings and i think he had 17 strikeouts in the seven innings that he pitched he was absolutely unbelievable mm. and then they brought him out and japan were winning i think it was maybe two or three nil and as soon as they brought him out korea started hitting and they won the game wow <laughs> it was a bit of an anti-climax for all the fans but um but that he was just incredible yeah, was, I haven't I haven't had a chance to see Atani live, and yeah, he's uh, he's the best player in the game without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. So that that's sort of the most memorable thing. Memorable thing, I think. Um, and one of the scariest things was in China at the Beijing Olympics, and I was sitting there scoring, and it was America playing Japan, and we were sitting there, and a batter came up and got on base. The next batter struck out. The next batter flied out, and then there was an then there was another batter came, or then there might have been a ground out, and then another batter came up to bat. And the other scorers are saying to me, "Jenny, there's three out," and I'm saying, "Yes, yes, I know there's three out." So I'm on the phone trying to ring down to the technical commissioners downstairs to say there's three out at side away, and. Nobody would pick up the phone downstairs. <laughs> and it was only the fact that the Japanese press who were sitting in front of where we were scoring, they were waving their arms at all the players because America was batting and Japan were fielding and all the Japanese press were waving and yelling out, saying there's three out. And finally the phone rings and it's one of the technical commissioners and he said, Jenny, is there three out? And I said, yes, there's three out. And so then they relayed it to the umpires, like four umpires on the field, and none of them knew that was three out. At the Olympics? <laughs> At the Olympics. Wow, thank goodness you were there. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, it was, only, it was only that the Japanese press conveyed it to the players. They were yelling out to the players. Yep. Because I was trying to tell people that there were three out, but yep. nobody would pick up the phone. Wow. <laughs> So that was pretty scary, but um, at an Olympic Games for that to happen. But yep, 
It worked out all right. What is the most challenging thing of being a scorer? I suppose batting out of order. If you ever get a batting out of order, it's a bit scary. But um, you've just got to sort of realise what you've got to do. And But if, if you're an inexperienced scorer, it's really complicated. So uh, it, luckily it doesn't happen very often. But yep. that and um, I suppose one of the most challenging games that I've scored has been in National League when they've had the All-Star Games and they change the pitcher every innings. Mm. Each team changed the pitcher every innings. So you've got a new pitcher. So you're trying to, you know, write up stats and put new players in every innings for the, at the start of every innings. So that's a bit challenging and it's a bit frantic, but you sort of get used to that as well. So. That we talk about uh, the umpires, the pitchers, the coaches, whoever it is. We think, who's got the most power in a baseball game? And I think that a scorer who makes, I think the scorers make the biggest decision in a game. Is it a hit or is it an error? You're like setting people's averages. You're setting like, do you like sometimes go, yeah, I've got the power. And it's and, it, and is it hard at times? No, I, I don't, I honestly don't think that at all. I think the umpires have the most power and the most control and we're there to record the plays. Very, dip record, very diplomatic answer. We, we record what the umpires call and what happens, yep. and we make a decision whether it, whether it's a hit or an error. Um, and, and you know, you can have discussions about it, but, mm. you know, and I think stats, stats are good for certain things and they're bad for other things. So I think a lot of players focus on them too much. Mm. So... Um, I know I spoke to somebody at one stage and he was a pretty high up coach and he said he didn't look at stats when he was looking at young kids. He looked at their attitude, how fast they ran the bases, their commitment, how they swang at the ball, their baseball knowledge. And I said, well, maybe you should tell them that you don't look at the stats and maybe <laughs> tell their parents that you don't look at the stats because... Yes. They focus, you know, mm. when they're when they're developing, that they focus so much on statistics. I, I have a saying in my career that stats are like bikinis; they show a lot, but not everything. Yes, yeah, so, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so they are good, and they do show a lot of a lot of things. But um, yeah, they can be a bit. I don't know. They can confuse people. I think a bit mm. too. And baseball is confusing enough. Yeah, and put a lot of pressure on on kids as they develop as well. You were talking earlier about some of the great relationships and, and some of the people you've scored with. And I know scoring is a um, predominantly female occupation or hobby, however we want to call it. Is mm. um, What is the scoring community like, particularly in Melbourne? Uh, it's really good, I think. Um, you know, the longer you score, you get, to know, you get to know the other scorers. So it is a bit of a family and... Um, and most, as you say, most most of us are women. There are the odd male scorer, which is great. Overseas, you'll find most most of them in America would be male, or at least at MLB level, they're mm. all male. Um, and overseas, there'd be, I'd say, almost 50-50 split in Europe that would be scoring, uh, male and female. So I think, I think probably from our point of view because it it was predominantly girlfriends or mothers that would take it up that's why it's become predominantly a female hobby I guess yeah just finally a, advice or um, words of sort of inspiration or something that you could give anyone that's either like myself has scored a few games and 
just it's oh, I just think wow this is just so hard I haven't progressed past my pen license mm-hmm. is, is there any way anything do you, you want to say to try and get more people into scoring um I think I think as long as you enjoy it and that's the main thing you know you, you shouldn't be doing it if you don't enjoy it and and it's at the very start it is challenging because there are so many rules and you've just got to you know, go go to clinics if you can. If there's clinics being run, um, which I know they they do in Victoria and most states, and and just progress slowly. Start off with a black lead and and then progress to a, a one colour or something, and just slowly increase it. And and as I said before, just start with one stat and and just slowly slowly improve. Yeah, hmm. and read your rule book. I, exactly right, yeah. Mm. Um, just how many colours are there, actually? I, sh- I should know. A baseball player uh, should actually know. Well, internationally, we just use black lead. That's it. Okay, so maybe I could be um, an international scorer then. Yeah, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's the addition, yeah. Just, um, but here, you know, you've got, you've got green, green for safe hits, uh, red for errors, and blue for anything that the pitcher does, so a strikeout or a pass, a strikeout or a wild pitch or a hit pitch ball based on balls. So anything that the pitcher is responsible for is blue. Um, we do have orange as well for the outs and to rule off the innings, yep. and um, and just a black lead. Hmm. So that's it. Okay, it's not as just confusing. It's not as difficult as I'm, I. No, no, it's I'm not. Gonna, I mean, some some states have different other colours, and I don't. Don't know why. You know, I've heard of them using brown and purple, and I, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> As I said, we you started your career back in 1976, and you're mm-hmm. still scoring now. How long do you think you'll you'll keep scoring for? Uh, I don't know. Probably at least another few years, at least. It's while I still enjoy it, I suppose, and it's and it's not a chore to turn up each week. Yeah. So. Yeah, for a while, a while to come, I'd say. Oh, that's great to hear. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I just want to congratulations on your your career, which hasn't ended, but no. congratulations on what you've done in, like, it's just absolutely amazing of all, the, all of what you've done in your career. So Baseball Victoria and, and the baseball community in, in Melbourne is obviously stronger having someone like you in, in the sport. So I just want to say congratulations and thank you for being on, on this, this episode. Thanks, Amy. I appreciate it, Ta. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Women's Baseball, The Inside Pitch. I really hope you liked today's episode. And if it was your first, welcome. But make sure you go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes with some of the great names and stories from women's baseball all around the world. Catch you next time.